Welcome back to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. This week I'm here with Rabbi Jason Navars and we're diving deep into how you can get in your own way and how self-talk and really just being your best advocate for yourself is super important. As many of you know, this podcast was just a 4 a.m. idea in preparation for a school project. Now it is a way that I get to spread my voice and help other teens create the best habits for their life. I want to hear your voice too. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's all the tools you need in the app or on their website. And my favorite part is that Anchor distributes your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You can make money from your podcast too. It's everything you need. And all you have to do is go to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. I can't wait to listen to your podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. My name is Sebi Reyes, your host and a high school student living out her life with the intention of inspiring others. Each week we give you a powerful person or message to help enhance the path to fashioning your passion. Fashion your passion means figuring out what you love and applying it to everyday life. And we're here to guide you on that journey. Thank you so much for tuning in today and I hope you enjoyed the episode. So hello, Rabbi Navarez. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Sam? Good, good. So first off, could you please just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. Um, well, I think you know me well because I'm a <laughs> rabbi. Yes, of course. <laughs> but um, so I am rabbi here at Temple Sheret in Bedford, northern Westchester. And I've been here. This is my 16th year. One of my greatest passions besides teaching is working with our youth and helping to guide them on their paths and their journeys. So there are a lot of things that I get to do as a rabbi, and there are a lot of passions that I have as part of being a rabbi. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I find also is the topic that we're going to explore today, I find that very important and relevant for whatever age you are. Right. But certainly in adolescence, I find it incredibly important to get those tools under your belt. But as an adult and as a parent of two and a husband, um, and someone holding a community, I think it's something that is critical as life lessons. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, I wanted to first just talk about a little bit about you know your journey to becoming a rabbi because I feel like a lot of people when they hear like, the term rabbi, it seems like a whole like it's it's an occupation that people like take as if it's like you know sort of like their calling in life right mm-hmm. um and so if you could just dive into you know sort of how you got to where you are today um and some of, some of those experiences that really shaped this decision to be you know here sure well i started on this lifelong path to wanting to be an architect mm-hmm. and that's why i went into graduate school at the university of michigan in ann arbor and i was excited to be on that path for a while and then i realized few years into it, it wasn't my path and it wasn't my calling. And throughout that time, I had been always involved in Jewish life and I had been um, teaching at um, some schools and some uh, synagogues. And I really started to find that my teaching was something that I was really passionate about and excited about. And over time in post-college and changing my major and coming back to the East Coast, I started working with youth as a youth director, and I started getting involved regionally also with uh, the reform movement and and the greater youth community. 
and really started to find my passion in teaching, in listening, and talking with people, and guiding people. And there were a lot of voices that kept saying, well, you can do all this as a rabbi. And I said, maybe I want to be a social worker, a psychotherapist. Mm-hmm. Maybe I want to do something in that field. And everybody kept saying around me, you can do all this as a rabbi. Yeah. <laughs> so over time and experience, I decided, okay, I think it was time to explore that. And I always had great admiration for the rabbinic figures in my life and uh, saw them as not only influential, but full of wisdom and, and that they were real people, though. They weren't on high. Mm -hmm. They were down to earth just as I'm a human being and you're a human being. They were too. And always found that really valuable and personable. And so I decided to apply and enter into seminary. And many, many years (laughs) later, here I am. I've always like sort of looked up your story in a sense because I always, I feel like a lot of people always think that you know, once you sort of enter into college, like, that's, like, the route you're going to go, and you're going to stay on that path, like, forever, and that's, there's nothing, you know, and if something changes, it's going to be drastic because some major event happened, but really, it's not, usually, it's not the case, because Mm -hmm. as you, you know, because your entire life is a journey of exploration, right, and it's not, there's no, like, one set time where it's, like, you know, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life and that's it. It's always going to shift and change. Like you may have a job, hold a job for the rest of your life that's the same, but other things around it are going to change. And, you know, because something that you're passionate about in high school may not be something that you're passionate about after college. And I feel like that's something that people like don't get because then they're like, they go into college not knowing what they want to do. And they're like upset with that because they're Mm. like, everyone else around me knows what they want to do. But I think that people who go in undecided like come out to be some of the most successful people because it just they're allowing themselves to still explore and not you know sort of like i guess finalize that path for themselves yep all right so thank you um so i feel like a lot of people also struggle with like because i know a lot of people who always talk to me about how they have these big goals and dreams and aspirations and they want to do these things and they want them like you know they want them so badly for themselves but they always feel like they get you know sort of like stuck in their own way Mm -hmm. right and it's like with that self-talk and you know how people really push themselves to sort of be the best version of themselves Mm -hmm. every single day Um, and I strongly believe that a person is in control of their own life and they have the you know they have the power to make decisions that will benefit them for their life um, but I feel like it's very difficult for a lot of people to steer themselves in the right direction so what are your thoughts your you know your takes on that so I think it's a really important uh, area to cover in life as a human being because I think this world is filled with lots of unknowns and lots of question marks and we may have paths and journeys that we think are gonna go one way and then sometimes we get stuck in them mm-hmm. And I believe it actually comes down to one thing, which is fear. Mm -hmm. That people operate, the greatest blockage to our path, the path that we're intended to be on, is fear. Mm -hmm. And moving away is not so easy. It requires first our acknowledgement around that we're actually in fear, and which most people have a hard time of really acknowledging. And people are often impacted greatly from the environments in which we dwell. Yes. 
And I know you hear from others that perhaps change can't happen in this area or we get influenced by those other voices Mm -hmm. in our lives and around us. And so you start believing it. You start believing that, oh, it really can change or I can't change or I can't be that change that I want to see in the world. So I was thinking about it when, when you laid out the question some time back. And for me, I have some ideas about how to move yourself away, which I've... I own some of these pieces that have helped me in my own journey, Mm -hmm. especially uh, more recently. And one is about pulling the trigger. Mm -hmm. And that there will always be a reason why you shouldn't do something. We can always come up with an excuse. Always. And the trick is just to start. Like, ask yourself the, the tough questions. What's stopping you? And like, how can you push through the insecurity that's blocking you? Yeah. What is it about the world and what is it about your own path in which you fear? So how do you get beyond that? So just start. Mm-hmm. Pull it. Pull that trigger. Let it go. The next piece about that that I've, that I've thought about is being, being okay with failing. Yes. Like you have to be able to say... You know what? I can take a chance and if I fail, it's not a failure or if I fall or make a mistake, it's part of my learning process. Mm-hmm. It's part of my journey. It's part of the path that I need to take because if I stumble, then I'll know where not to stumble again or I'll have learned something important from that experience and part of life is failure. Yeah. And so forget it. Put it out of your mind. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. You're going to mess up and that's okay. Because we're imperfect human beings and we can love ourselves in our imperfections. Mm -hmm. Consistency is also something that I find that's really, really important. The fact that you're doing this incredible podcast, the the unfailing hard work that you continue to maintain that momentum that you created by first pulling the trigger on something like this or other projects that I know you're involved in and that I'm involved in in the world. Like this is... Part of it is just realizing that the consistency in doing it makes it a discipline and a practice and that you can own it. You can feel proud of it. I also believe surrounding yourself with positive, healthy people is key. Yes, exactly. I don't think you can get to any of the pieces that you want to in life without that village. Mm -hmm. Take to village, I Mm -hmm. believe. And the village is made up of all sorts of people that will come in and out of your life at different points in your life. Yes. So there are people that may have entered my life 15, 20 years ago and they're not there anymore. And I may feel a loss over the fact that they're not in my life. But in that moment, they served a purpose. Yes. And to be okay with the individuals who come in and out of your life. But in the moment, how do you surround yourself with the people that are going to really lift you? Yes. They're going to support you. They're going to say, you're, 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 my, you're my anchors. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones not only to encourage you, but they're the ones to challenge you. And they're the ones to to push you to the ways that you know you can be your best self. Mm-hmm. So surrounding yourself with healthy people is really critical. And then the last part for me is reflecting on your own power. Mm-hmm. How do you... What you ask yourself in how you work and the work that you do in the world, how does that affect others? Mm-hmm. 
So an example of this actually comes from our Jewish teachings, where we learn from Maimonides, there's a, a medieval commentator. He created a ladder of what we call tzedakah, or justice, or charity. And the first rung of that ladder, the highest level in which we can offer this justice, this tzedek, this tzedakah, is by helping someone to help themselves. Mm -hmm. So the greatest gift that we can give in the world is by using our own power, our own gifts, whether that's material, whether that's, whether that's brain power, whether that's physical or spiritual, using those gifts to enable others to see what you're putting out in the world that can enable them to support themselves. Yes. And so when you start to put that work in the world, you reflect positively on your own power and your own potential. Know that you have the ability, the, thr the, the thrust to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And that it can also enable someone to pay it forward. Yeah. So you're giving them the tools, you're showing them and demonstrating that this is how you, li you live your life in, in positive energy ways. Yes. That they can also move forward in their own lives. Yeah. And you're helping them to step up. Yeah, that was that was amazing, and I love how you like created into like sort of like a step by step process because mm -hmm. I personally love like processes like that, and mm -hmm. I always share that um, with my listeners. So that was incredible. But I wanted to go back to sort of the whole. Um, obviously, every a lot of this does stem from fear, but I wanted to go back to sort of um, something you touched on about repetitive thoughts, mm -hmm. right? And how certain things, how you can take certain things are either told to you or you told to yourself, and like. Once you hear it or think it enough, like enough times, it sort of like becomes ingrained in you. Yep. Um, and I feel like a lot of people, they can recognize that and see that like, oh, I've said this so many times myself that I just believe it so wholeheartedly. But how can we sort of like reverse that process, right? And sort of take these things, mainly I'm talking about like those negative things that we have, like we think, we think about ourselves um, and take those things and, and tell ourselves that like, Oh, they're not true because sometimes those are the things that are really holding us back. So one of the ways in which I identify negative patterns of thought are to first name it mm -hmm. and to give it a place. Yes. For example, if you have a thought around something going on in your life and it's a repetitive negative energy in your sphere of living in the world, mm -hmm. what if you took an opportunity to name that thing? Yeah. Whether you call it Fred or Ginger mm -hmm. or Bart or whatever you do. Right. Or annoying thing on in my life. Uh-huh. That you name it. Oh, there you are again. There you are again, Fred. See, today I don't want you. Mm -hmm. I don't want any part of you. Mm -hmm. So Fred, it's time to leave because it's, you're not entering today. Mm -hmm. So part of it is identifying and naming it and being able to call it out. Yeah. And to say, you know it's there. You know you're there. Mm -hmm. But today is not going to be a day you're going to enter into my sphere of life. Right. That works for some people. I don't think it, it's a process or um, a tool that works for everybody. Of course. But I do believe that we start with ourselves and acknowledging. Mm -hmm. And the first step in any kind of restorative work that we do in the world is to acknowledge 
where the challenges are coming from. Right. So to and to surrender to those challenges, to surrender that you are powerless over them, mm -hmm. but that you have the potential to do the work that you need to do on yourself mm -hmm. to change yeah. and to move forward in the world. Yeah. So naming is a big piece and it's helped me in the past a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's always like interesting to see how um, a lot of teenagers will go about and like, you know, talk about themselves and like, you know, talk about like what's going on with them. And I feel like that it goes back to that where it's like starting now, like, a lot of people are, I mean, a lot of teenagers are feeding themselves that they're like, they're not good enough and they're not smart enough and, you know, all this stuff like that. And that just, I feel like, I don't know, I just, I feel so strongly about it because it's like, they are, right? For where they are in the season of their life, they are enough for whatever it is. And for me... We're all enough for of whatever course, it is. Of course, of course, of um, course. But I feel like the earlier it gets where it starts to become ingrained, the scarier, I guess, for people to see it. And so I feel like having, so going back to another part of, you know, sort of people in your life, right? And how you can sort of deal and manage with people. Um, so many people say that, like, you are the five people who you surround yourself with the most. It's like, that's so important because if you have someone who... I mean, it's different if, like, you're trying to help them, but, like, if you if you hang around someone, like, every single day all the time who's, like, either, you know, a negative Nancy or they're just, they're, they're a farther back than you are, you're going to slowly, like, you know, retreat back to where they are, and then you're not going to move forward to where you want to be, and I feel like it's so important for people to sort of find other people who, um, you know, are ahead of them or who are, you know, near them. But I feel like sometimes I will, I'll see and I'll get, like, people are like, but what happens when, you know, um, you know, my family is getting in the way of what I want to do? Or what happens when people who I've known for years are getting in the way of what I want to do? So what are your thoughts on that and your take on that? How you navigate the people in your life who may be impeding your, your path mm -hmm. or the path that you want to be on. Yeah. I think first is to identify who are those individuals that mm -hmm. you want that are you feel are impeding you. Right. And but it's not necessarily about the individuals. Yeah. It's important to identify the individuals, but then what I tend to do is those individuals in my life that maybe I'm finding challenging, I pretend to put up a mirror in between them and me. Mm -hmm. And I say to myself, what is it about that individual or the elements of the individual that are, that are really bothering me? What is it about me? Because I can only take care of me. Mm -hmm. What is it about me that's responding to that experience that, yeah. or that thing that they're putting out in the world? What is it? Because they are who they are. I have no ability to shift or change their thinking or their patterns of behavior that's only work that they can do in the world right my work is to work on me mm -hmm. so when i look at someone and i sway am in conversation with someone in relationship with someone that is really something's irking me it's about me it has mm -hmm. nothing to do with that individual yeah it has to do with how i'm perceiving that experience right so the mirror the metaphorical mirror is really important 
Yeah. Because then I get to see a little bit of like, okay, well, that individual is saying something that's really not sitting right with me, and mm-hmm. I have to examine what it is about me that's yeah. holding myself from being in relationship with that person or being or or hearing that person, maybe not agreeing, but mm-hmm. looking a different way mm-hmm. and trying to move forward. Yeah. That's my take. That's good. I like that. I like that. All right. So one final question for today. Um, this is a question that I ask all my guests on my podcast. So based off of the title of the podcast, which is Fashion Your Passion Podcast, what is one tip that you would give dreamers based off of how you have fashioned your passion, passion plural? In order to dream, you have to be willing to suspend reality. Mm -hmm. And there are many times in our lives when we get stuck in the rut of the mundaneness of where we live. Mm -hmm. And if we truly want to reach our higher potential... And sometimes it requires us to suspend the reality in which we live today and to imagine ourselves where we could be and where we want to be. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's about taking a pause from the everyday. And when I want to dream big, I'm not thinking about the elements that are holding me back. I'm very practical too, so it's mm-hmm. very hard for me, this exercise. But I know it works because... For someone who is so practical in life mm-hmm. in many ways that my dreaming elements are the visions and the ways and the passions in which I feel I can ascend and see the potential. Mm-hmm. I think about Moses when he ascended Mount, when he ascended to ascend and see the potential in the land that he was shown. Mm-hmm. Like that for me and for us is a really important visual understanding of where we can go. Like yeah. we can ascend and see the potential without feeling the shackles of the things that hold us back. Yes. What can let you go? What can what can motivate you or inspire you to to see? Yes. No one needs to get into your space of dreaming. That's your space. You own it. Mm-hmm. So use it. It's yours. It's been so amazing. I thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. My pleasure. For all you listening, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I am just blown away at this point. Um, you guys know where to find me. I am at the Spiritual Jew and at Fashion Your Passion Podcast on Instagram, at the Spiritual Jew on Twitter for inspirational and motivational content every day of 2019. Do not forget while you're listening to this episode to screenshot it and post on your Instagram stories and tag me at Fashion Your Passion Podcast. And also, if you are on Apple Podcasts, to leave a rating and review. And I will see you guys next week.